Wow. All right. So I did want to mention a couple of things. Today, uh, what I wanted to share with you is discipling is a cool thing. Um, uh, discipling, that word uh, meaning learner, follower, or follower, learner, whichever one you want to prioritize there. And Jesus discipled, uh, obviously, 12 men for extensively and then even larger than that. And, and as we continue forward as the gathering, one of the things that we are, are, are really sort of trying to emphasize, focus on, pay attention to is, is this walking together thing. What it means to be the body of Christ and walking together as the body of Christ, but what that looks like. I mean, what, what does the body of Christ look like? What, does, um, uh, what, what do I look like as a part of the body of Christ? And yet we know, we are told in Scripture that, you know, God is transforming us into the image of His Son, Jesus. So the idea is, is we're supposed to look like Jesus. Uh, about 15 years ago, I was at a, a discipleship prayer conference. And, um, and, and I'm going to make a confession here that y'all just have to endure. Um, I felt like I was wasting my time. I was sitting there listening to people share and teach and all that kind of thing. And I was just like, I was so frustrated. I said, God, how do you want me to disciple people? And the answer kind of came back to sort of a, a, a cryptic kind of, um, you know, it was like, why not the way Jesus did it? Right? So uh, I, I sat there during the prayer conference and listed 12 men in the margin of my notebook. And uh, when I got home, I sent a letter to them and I said, how about let's go on a journey together? Let's go for a walk. Now, we didn't actually walk. We sat around a table. But the idea was is going over in 12 weeks' time what it looks like to follow Jesus. That has come down 15 years now to a little booklet that we're calling Walking Together. And uh, we've got groups meeting in that. And so what I'm sharing on Sunday morning is sort of the corollary to those things. Last week I talked about, uh, you know, the who am I question. Who are you? I mean, if you had to identify yourself, what does that look like? Who do you describe yourself as? Uh, this week I want to ask you a question here now. You ready? Uh, we make decisions based on all kind of things, right? Right? Like, for instance, down in Hampstead, uh, right there across from where the high school is, there's a Wendy's and a Taco Bell, right? So going down the highway, you can eat at Wendy's or Taco Bell. Which one? Right? Which one do you choose? Now, the cool thing about that is, is the, the follow-up question, why? Right? So... I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you ask my son which one you're going to eat at, it's Taco Bell, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Matter of fact, a couple years ago, I said something at his birthday about him enjoying Taco Bell, and people all over the church gave him Taco Bell gift cards. <laughs> I laughed about it. He said, Dad, can you do that again? <laughs> no. Anyway. But we make decisions based on different things. I mean, what, Wendy's or Taco Bell? How many of you love a Baconator? See, nobody, some of you say, three of you know what that means. You know, Wendy's decided to make a big marketing push on burgers with bacon on it. Guess what? Burgers with bacon been around a long time. Wendy's didn't start it. But they made a big marketing push to get your attention, to help you as you're passing by go... Burgers and bacon, yeah! And turn in there and buy a burger and bacon. So the decisions we make, uh, you know, sort of originate somewhere within us. 
That's why the, the, the message is titled, What's Up? So what's up on your list? What's your first priority? What's the first thing you think about when, when you have a decision to make? What's the first thing you think about when, when there's a choice before you that you've got to, to, to take a path or the other path? What, what, what's the first thing on your mind as you address the day with attitude and, and, and the characteristics of that day and as you approach people and as you go out into the world or into your house or into your community or to work or whatever? What are those things that underlie who you are? You see? To understand your first priority. See, that's what today's message is about. So I'm going to sort of dive into Psalm. One Psalm, one verse, one little thing. Psalm 19:14. I remember this. This is one of those verses I memorized as a kid, right? That, that got planted in my heart. And it's, it's about the heart. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That, that, that's a prayer the psalmist is writing to God. And he says, God, God, I want what comes out of my mouth. Now, this is the, the Christian Standard Bible translation, acceptable there. Uh, that word is translated a number of different ways. Some of your translations will say pleasing. Uh, that word in Hebrew is, is most often translated favorable. So, so if you read it that way, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord, or may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be favorable. Would you find favor, God, in my words? So before you let a word slide past your teeth, have you thought how God views it? A sentence. A comment. You see? That idea that, 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 that before I let this come out of my mouth, I've taken consideration as to how God views it. Is it acceptable? See, now, <clears throat> this is where I, I kind of want to get on a tangent a minute. Going through school, I was a good student. No, let me rephrase that. I made good grades. I was a horrible student. I, 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 I had a certain level of, of awareness that I didn't have to study. And so I made good grades without studying. So, so any course I went into, even in college, it was like, okay, what's acceptable? All right, you know what acceptable is, right? That's the big arc in the bell curve. Long as I get a C, ha! Right? So, so that's acceptable. But can I just go ahead and tell you to my mama and daddy, that wasn't pleasing. My mama would always say, son, you could be a straight A student. I go, yeah, but it would take so much work. Right? What's pleasing to God or better yet, what's favorable? Now, here you go. Uh, would the words of your mouth find favor with God? You see, that, that, that's kind of the, that, that's a frontline priority. I want to make sure that, that the, wor the words that come out of my mouth are favorable, are pleasing, that they, they find favor with God, that God says, yes, that 
was a God-glorifying statement. See that? But then it even goes deeper than that to the meditation of my heart. We know Jesus is the one. He said it in Matthew and he said it in Luke. In chapter 6 of Luke, he says, <clears throat> he says, you know, that that comes out of the mouth starts in the heart. Starts in the heart. So, so, so here you go. If, if you got corruption coming out of your mouth, Jesus said that's because you got corruption in your heart. Kind of rough, ain't it? I used to work construction, y'all. I was around guys all day long whose uh, language was less than edifying. Can I put it that way? And, and there was one guy who enjoyed using God's name in conjunction with a verb. And he would say it all the time. And I'd go to, every time he'd say it around me, He'd look at me like, I'll dare you to say anything. And I'd go, well, look, that's a sentence. God's the subject, the verb. Uh, and guess what? He will. All right, so I'm not going to get out of the cryptic. If you don't understand that, come after, ask me afterwards. Because the fact of the matter is, is that when these words come out of our mouths in this creation that God's given us, it really should be something that we consider as to, are the words of my mouth honoring to God? Am I thinking honoring thoughts? Because what, what erupts out of the heart are those things. And so, so, so what does the heart represent in that text? The meditation of my heart. What does the heart represent? I know we're on the back half of the year, but if we were in February, everybody would go, oh! You know, now we got a shortcut. I heart Taco Bell. Right? means I love Taco Bell. So, so the meditation of my heart being a, an extension of love toward what? A love toward God? Is the very meditation of my heart a, a, a sort of a consuming aspect of I love you, God, and therefore my words, my actions, my choices, my decisions erupting out of my heart, I seek to please you first, God. You see, if I want to... If I want to align my priorities, that's first. What do you love most? You love God most? See, because when Jesus was asked what the most important thing to do was, Jesus said, love God. Do you love God first? Do you love Him most? Do you love Him best? And everybody says, ah, oh, but I love my kids. Well, me too. But you know the best thing I can give my son? is My love for God. Best thing I can give anybody in my life is to love God first. You see that? So when we start prioritizing our values, what's most important? Because we, we were corrupted back at the fall, right? Uh, standing before that fruit tree. You know, you got Adam and Eve making decisions about being their own God. Because that's, that, that's the way they were tempted, right? said, uh, no, it's not going to kill you. It's just, God knows you'll be like God. And they were, eh, okay, I can be my own God. And, and see, that's where that started. So, so when it came through Greek philosophy that you were somehow a part of God, remember that that started in the garden. 
Today, when you hear sort of these, these sort of New Ages, Eastern sort of ideas about sort of ascending to some meditative God state, remember that started in the garden and God called it sin? Okay. Where does that go, though? I mean, what's in my heart? That, 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 that's sort of the origin and the motivator of everything else. That, 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 that becomes the drive. So, so, so as I wake in the morning and, and seek to align my heart with loving God first, right? Even before I roll out of the bed. I wrote this week, if you get gathering in the Word, I've been writing out of Acts since the 1st of June. And uh, this week it was funny because Peter was asleep in jail. Now, all right, so he's, he's generally chained up to a wall or a guard and, and asleep. That's the way the Romans like to do it to ensure those, <clears throat> those prisoners were secure. And so um, the, the text of Acts actually says that an angel of the Lord poked him while he was sleeping. I think that's just the coolest thing. You know, that an angel says, hey, Get up, come with me. All right, so I know me when I'm in a dead sleep. Uh, you poke me when I'm sleeping. The words of my mouth might not be edifying. Now, not in a, you know, evil way, but I might go, hey! And then all of a sudden the angel goes, Come on. Peter was so kind of taken by it that he thought it was a vision. But in the vision, okay, uh, how they got through the gates, past the guards and all that, the text doesn't tell us. But all of a sudden, Peter's standing in the street and the angel's gone. And Peter's going, hmm, guess I should go to Mary's house because that's where they're holding prayer meeting tonight. Right? See, here's the thing. When, when, when God wants our attention, if our heart, our meditation is set on Him, then at the point we get to say something or do something, or Thursday morning, I woke up at, I don't know, 4, 4 ish, 404, I don't know. Well, I woke up, and there were two names immediately in my head. Two folks I hadn't seen in a while. And so lying there in the bed before I ever even began to think about coffee or anything else, I said, God, you know where they are. You know what's going on. And, and it's actually, I think it may have been Thursday that I wrote about, wrote about Peter getting poked. Or maybe been Friday, I don't know. Anyway, but the idea was, is God, I woke up with them on my mind. I'm going to pray for them right now. So I began praying for them. You see? What's the first thing in your heart to do? Look what uh, Matt, Jesus said in Matthew, part of the, the Sermon on the Mount. He says in verse 63, he said, But seek first the kingdom of God. I could stop right there. The first pursuit of our lives, the first value of our lives, the, 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 the first priority of, of our being and who we are. 
is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right? Here's what it means by that. This idea that I'm going to put God's kingdom, God, the, the king of kings, I'm going to put it first. Therefore, his righteousness means is that the choices, the attitudes, the actions of my life are going to point to the righteousness of God. Okay? All these things will be provided for you. Now, that's a great little thing. Now, we love this verse because, because this is the passage where Jesus is saying, you know, the, uh, the birds of the air, God feeds them, and the flowers in the field, God clothes them. Why do you, the Gentiles worry about that stuff. Why don't you worry about first things first? You see that? that that's an important thing right there. Seek First, his kingdom. Folks, we live in a world where the noise of the world is, is seeking to get your attention. To make you think that something out in this world is the priority. Worse than that, folks, is the world will, will pull the trigger of your heart and make you think that something in you is the first priority. Sorry. Sorry. Some, that, that my wants are my first priority. That my satisfaction is my first priority. That my entertainment is my first priority. And God's saying, no. First thing, as it comes out of your heart, is the kingdom of God. See, I want to decide to please. I want to please God. Uh, um... I've mentioned this before because I read the book, you know, 20-something years ago. Uh, I want to make God smile. First time I read that in, in Purpose Driven Life that Rick Warren wrote way back, I read, make God smile. Right? That's assuming, you know, the whole anthropomorphic God looks like us. Does he smile? Yeah, I guess, yeah, God smiles. Okay, so I want to make God smile. You know what I instantly thought of? Was whatever I did in my life that made my dad smile. Did I ever do anything that made dad smile? Right? Um, uh, sure, I, I think. You know? Uh, I've told y'all about jumping in my dad's lap on top of his index journal newspaper in the evenings, even when I was a senior in high school. Because I knew it was absurd for a senior in high school to jump in his dad's lap in the, in the swivel rocker. But I did it. Right? I just, I want to make my heavenly father smile. I want to I make choices that please God. I want to have attitudes that please God. I want to do the things that bring him glory and honor. See, see the priorities of your life. So, so then the second priority, what, what, what should be our second priority? Okay, I've already given you the answer. Jesus said the first and most important thing you can do is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Second, love your neighbor. Love the people around you. Who's your I know who my closest neighbor is. Her name's Angie. I'll just go ahead and confess it in front of y'all. I love her more than I love y'all. But I'm sure that's okay because God said so. Okay? You see that? 
What's the third priority that God's given us? Everything else. As long as you keep the value structure in the right place. You see that? Uh, I quoted it this week, Psalm 37, I think it's 6, where it says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Do you know that could be sort of understood two different ways? Some people would say, If I delight myself in the Lord, He'll give me anything I want. And there's a whole school of theology out there that believes that. All right? The other side is, is I am so delighted in the Lord that he will place the desires in my heart that honor him and please him. So in the body of Christ, as a follower of Jesus, if you're answering the question of what's up, what's most important to you, how do you rank those values? I, I, I preached this sometime back a couple years ago. And I said something that, that made a lot of difference to me and a couple of people mentioned it afterwards. You know what I've found in my existence? People do what they want to do. Y'all notice? Y'all notice people do what they want to do. If they want to eat too much, they eat too much. Okay, now I've gone to meddling. If they want to drive too fast, they drive too fast. Now I'm confessing. Right? If they want to treat others badly, they treat others badly. If they want to follow the wrong kind of leadership, they follow the wrong kind of leadership. People do what they want to do, and they want to do what's most important to them. As Christians, you know what? You belong to Jesus. John 17, 9 and 10, it says, I pray for them. This is Jesus praying in what is known as the high priestly prayer. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me because they are yours. See, if you belong to Jesus, God gave you to him. And then Jesus says, everything I have is yours and everything you have is mine and I am glorified in them. You see, in Christ... You belong to God. You belong to God. Is it your life's pursuit, concern, priority, value to please God? See, that's one of the first acknowledgments of what it means to be a believer, to be a follower of Jesus. I belong to Him. I want to honor Him. I want to exalt Him. I want to bring Him glory. You see? Now, can I just be a bit less heavy for a moment? God really doesn't care whether you eat at McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, or Taco Bell. Okay, unless you get over to 1 Corinthians 6 and your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and any of those things happen to pollute the temple. <laughs> but here's the point. Put God first. Put loving God first in your life. Seek His kingdom first in all your actions, choices, decisions, attitudes. 
and all these things will be added unto you. You see, people oftentimes ask me what it means to be a Christian. What's the best way to, to follow Jesus? And I go, guess what? I, I can't tell you that. I mean, I can tell you what the Bible says about, about the, the principles of His Word. I can tell you what the Bible says about, about the priorities that God has established in His Word. But I'll be honest with you, it looks different in your life than it does in mine. So, so you put God first. You're not going to get an argument from me. You seek first His kingdom. You're not going to get an argument from me. You be who God created you to be. He's told us in His Word. The world is trying to corrupt it. The world is trying to hijack what God has established in His Word. Be careful who you listen to. Be discerning. And that includes me. You know, if I stand up here and say something that contradicts the Word of God, go with the Word every time. Okay? It all starts with Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus. We want you to know Jesus. <clears throat> we want to share with you the good news, the gospel, every time we get together. Jesus saves. It's a hymn in the hymnal. Jesus saves. I don't save you. The gathering doesn't save you. Church doesn't save you. Denominationalism doesn't save you. No pastor, priest, father, or anything else saves you. You see, Jesus is the one who saves you. God, in His infinite love and wisdom, gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. See, if you need Jesus, we want you to know Jesus, okay? It's where it starts. <clears throat> it's after that that we get to hang out with Him and find out what's important in our lives to Him. Pray with me. God, thank you for today. And just for loving us just way beyond we can even anything we could imagine. <clears throat> God, I want, I want to want what you want. <laughs> God, help me to want what you want. God, help me to, to love the things that you love, the people that you love. God, help me to, to be the man you created me to be. God, if I'll be the man that you've called me to be, then I'll, I'll be the husband that Angie needs me to be. I'll be the pastor that the gathering needs. I, I'll be the friend that friends need. If I'll just be who you called me to be. God, I just thank you for the morning and the opportunity we have to worship. God, we want to exalt your name. We, we want to bring you glory. God, this morning, I just pray that our hearts would be focused, that we'd pay attention to you this morning. God, as we come to this last song, this is that opportunity to respond. If there's someone that doesn't know Jesus, we want to introduce them. If there's a Christian here that, that knows that there, there are other priorities in their lives, God, that's just sin. They need to confess that. God, there might be some folks who want to be a part of what you're doing here at the gathering. And God, as we respond to you, help us to be obedient. Help us to surrender to you. Thank you.
Thank you for loving us, God. I love you. Uh, I want to act like it. I want to act like I love you, God. I just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.